there's a purpose and a reason why I'm here. Yeah. What is that? If I can resonate with what my mind is visualizing versus what my heart is singing for, then I'm going to have a cause and effect with the intuitive waters that are going to guide me into the right direction mm-hmm. so that I can be the best version of myself. This episode of Please Blow My Mind is proudly supported by the lovely team at Sunpix Post. Yes. I've got one of the directors here. Is that correct? That's correct. You're yes. like a boss. I am a boss. Well, Poppy's the boss, really. She's True kind that. of managing the place. For those just watching, uh, it's the cutest little dog ever. Oh, <laughs> looked at me on cue. Don't bite me. Uh, for those listening, uh, we're in the Sunpick. I've called it the Sun Picks Podcast Studio. Yes, and we are we're we're on this mission to create good conversation. Exactly. Yeah. To acknowledge uh, the kind of traditional media, which is telly and radio, but give it a bit of a revamp into this whole podcast world. Exactly. Of, of you know, like in the past, Dan. Um, things cost a lot of money to make yeah now we can talk for hours yes and i think that's what we're both excited about right that's what some picks is excited about yeah like, yeah and the possibilities are endless mm. you know you start one you talk about one um topic and you get different guests in and mm. then they have different ideas and it's all about spreading ideas yep. and making yeah engaging content really and um we should start a uh, like a conference called ted talks ted talks and it's just us <laughs> spreading ideas <laughs> ideas worth sharing i think is their um yeah tagline. it is so anyway we can rip that off one day Uh, just quickly if people want to check out the Sunpix story um, they can jump online they can sunpixpost.co.nz so we're a post-production facility and we basically make content uh, for TV Mm. for web and um, we specialize in finishing so color grading and uh, sound mixing uh, podcast recording voiceover recording awesome yeah we try and do a little bit of everything around here kind of like creative one stop shop if you need to get yes, your message out there, true. Yeah. come and uh, leave Come the and visit Poppy. She's here. She's an office <laughs> dog, and she will probably bark at you as you walk in. Yay. Yeah. Sunpixpost.co.nz. <laughs> this episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming, is brought to you by floatculture.co.nz. Float Culture is Auckland's leading flotation tank center created for the well-being of the body and mind. When you float with floatculture.co.nz, you'll create meaningful and lasting change with mindfulness and complete physical relaxation. Floating will become an integral part of your busy lifestyle. Float Culture is motivated to ensure that the entire experience achieves maximum relaxation, happiness and relief for you. So if you want to be part of the float culture scene in New Zealand, visit floatculture.co.nz to book your float and blow your mind right now. As a very special offer to you, the Please Blow My Mind listener, you'll get 20% off your next float by using the promo code MINDBLOWING, all one word. Visit floatculture.co.nz and book your float today. We live in a world that encourages us to remove ourselves from the human experience. Whether it's looking at our phones too long, forgetting how to talk to someone face to face, or just straight up giving in and convincing ourselves that a chicken nugget is actual food. It's not food, it's violence. I don't know about you, but this freaks me out. So I've started a podcast, my antidote to this silliness. It's time to blow our minds. My name is Will Fleming, welcome to my podcast, Please Blow My Mind. Bez, how you going, bro? Good, bro. Good. <laughs> I never know how to start these things, but <laughs> it feels natural here. We've got our nice drinks and we're talking to each other. And then over here, we've got all this technology. and It's that place I've been sitting in, 
you know it's like what does it mean to have these virtual this virtual world you know i heard you i i heard like an hour of you speaking on another podcast but we've never met mm. but there's this weird thing like I, I don't know how to explain it you know and it's just really interesting for me to to travel down this podcast journey because like i say to you when we first caught up you meet people you talk and my sense is that I wonder if that's what part of your Māori movement is speaking to, is this idea of like a, a real connection as opposed to just being connected. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do, bro. I do, absolutely. I, I mean, like when I did put out that podcast, mm. that, um, it was almost like a, a trigger of a frequency that opened up a door for many others or many other like-minded people mm. or people that were interested about the topic that we were talking about mm. and invited them into the space mm. because it it wasn't a space where I wanted to, you know, isolate me and the presenter. It was more or less a forum for me to um, have a voice and send that message out as far as we possibly could mm. in order for people to receive a mechanism so powerful yeah. that it just blows people away. Yeah. So when you reached out, bro, I thought to myself, <laughs> here's another chance. Here's another opportunity right. to articulate myself because yeah. sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. It's almost like this is just the avatar of, what goes on and I never know what I'm going to say at any given time. Mm. Depends on what I'm inspired by. Right. That That's where the trigger of thought comes from and, you know, if I'm in tune with it, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. Man, that's such an amazing point because we are all not knowing what frequency and, and it must be that our frequency can change, you know? I mean, it does if you look at it as you can go from smiling to crying and all within watching a film, you know? And I wonder if that's what a film's doing. It's tapping into your frequency as as is everything. You know, it's like we're all on this, we're all on this mission, man. And and I, you did tap into something that day um, that I listened to the podcast and it was something that um, I've been trying to work out. I don't, I don't quite know what it is. I think it's something like, uh, it feels like there's a bit of a lack of meaning to our modern world. Mm. And people are a little bit hesitant to say, let's go back to the old ways, because the old ways for a lot of people represent not the best ideas. Mm. They represent kind of old fashioned ideas. Like, what do you mean when you say, let's go back to the old ways? Do you mean where people didn't get an equal go at things? Do you mean where one class rules? And so I understand that tension, but at the same time, this, this modern thinking, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it makes us think about consumerism and being addicted to you know, Facebook and, and having these algorithms driving our emotions, you know? It's a, I mean, that's a frequency, again. Um, so, talking to you, my sense is that you're someone who's exploring taking good ideas from the old times. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I, I use traditional concepts as a guide, bro. And it's not necessarily meaning to let's um, live back in the old days. I mean, I'd love to take one day of my life and go, let me just have a taste of what it felt like in 1808 <laughs> with my ancestors and sitting around them at that given time and listening into the politics of what happened in those days. Like, I visualize that. And sometimes in my meditation practice, I take myself back there yeah. because I draw, on them, I, I draw upon them for inspiration. You know, what was the mentality like back then and how did they survive because everything was about survival but what I do see in those planes is that they knew how to raise children in a way where they could uh, read their vibration if their energy was up 
really, really high. So if they were a, a, a kaiwaka, was a, a wakahaurua, mm-hmm. or if they were navigators, if they were carvers, if they were cultivators, if they were hunters, if they were gatherers, if they were vibing in that, then they would, they would push them there and, and guide them to, towards exploring the potential of what that was about because right. they were vibing about it. Yeah. And then bring them back into a neutral space to, to live in, say, a, a communal village. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, it's like we don't have that at all. Whatsoever, and I can only draw on my own experience when I was brought up by the old people, when I was lucky and fortunate enough to be brought up by the old people, and then I had to learn this Pākehā way because mm-hmm. I was very total immersed in Tao Māori. That when I did go into the Pākehā environment, it was a shell shock for me. You know, it was almost like I did turn into this hard coconut that you couldn't penetrate right. because inside that coconut was all of this Taonga that I wanted to protect, mm-hmm. and no one could penetrate it to change my. Um, the, the way that my roots had been bind and bowed by the old people. Yeah. So for me, it was really protection thing. But when I went into a Pākehā society, I was put into this environment where I had to learn everything everybody else had to learn. And I was like, man, I'm no good at any of this. <laughs> so I couldn't read or write even by the time I left college. Right. And I went to Wellington College, which is you know pretty high up there in terms of the educational system and their practices. So I really just went there to eat my lunch and play rugby because that, that's all I was good at. I vibed on eating lunch and I vibed on playing rugby. Yeah. And for me there was no other option so teachers didn't really know what to do with me and my first experience sitting in an ESOL English class with a bunch of Asians who couldn't speak English and it was really weird I'm sitting here as a tangata whenua in my own lands sitting in a classroom environment with a bunch of Asians going how do I read or write English but I had to really push past that barrier because I thought to myself as a half caste Māori how am I going to articulate myself in both worlds? Mm. How am I going to get up in a Pākehā forum and be comfortable? How am I going to get up in a Māori forum and be comfortable? Yeah. How am I going to set the example for what it means to be a fused Māori mm. Pākehā mm. in today's society? And for me, it was really about making sure that I put an effort on both sides so that right. I can find the balance of it. That's an interesting distinction because it can feel like when you're driven by fear to find meaning that you've just got to grab onto whatever you know. And I feel this sense of, you know, even if it's men against women, white against brown. And my feeling is always because I came from both, that I thought the, the overall goal, when you take a real wide look, was for us to work out how we can take the best of both. Mm. Um, but I, I think that makes sense, but I don't really hear many people talking about that. Mm. You know, I kind of hear like, because, um, you know, I guess deep down, um, Every different culture gives us something. And I just think it's not about, you know, taking everything. It's it's maybe some good ideas from here and some good ideas from there. Does that kind of ring a bell with you? Yeah, it does. I mean, like, um, it was noted back when Pākehā first arrived in Aotearoa that there wasn't a vicious cycle, not in my tribal area anyway. The settlers back there shared a lot of their tools with us Māori and we were, you know, Māori being tutus. Mm. We like to explore those things. So we adapted to the customs that they brought over and the tools that they had as long as the tikanga and the protocols were being respected, we got along quite fine. It wasn't until the upline started to get a little bit rowdy with who was owning what and who had the mana for what, where and when that um, battles started to take place around Aotearoa. And instilled to this day that nobody really in New Zealand understands what New Zealand wars were all about. But it's something that we need to be educated about because it does paint a picture and an image about who we are as a people here in Aotearoa and why we are not fusing that oneness that everybody's saying we should be one country. Right, right. But we're two cultures living on on, on Papa Tuanuku in Aotearoa. Mm. 
uh, yet we still don't really have the fusion right. Mm. So it's up to somebody like myself, half-caste yeah. Māori Pākehā, <laughs> to go out there and articulate what that looks like, to show the beautiful side of what it means to be Māori, to understand and explore the other side of my Pākehā tanga. And for me, if I can do that and be an example to that, then that's a step forward in the right direction for mm. us. And so is that what Māori movement is about? Māori movement? No. Um, yeah, the more times I get asked this question, <laughs> the more times I have to really think about That's what right. Māori movement good is. Practice. Yeah, it is good practice. Uh, Māori movement to me, bro, it really um, was pushed and driven by the poor stats that we are currently under here in Aotearoa. Mm. And not only that, we, we, we take those stats here in Aotearoa and I look where the holes are in terms of, you know, being 52% of our prison population are filled with Māori, half of them filled with Māori, you know suicide, obesity, we can go down all of that track. And so I thought to myself, where's the breakdown? Where's the disconnection and why this is all happening? Right. Um, so I really I went into my master's um, through Te Wanuyarani, and one of my papers was on uh, Māori mythology and our connection back to you know, our genealogy mm. um, and uh, you know, how we stem back to the creator and what that whakapapa looks like to us. Uh, somewhere along the line, and I can pinpoint it down to colonization, was, was where it became destructive. Right. And so for me, it was about, you know, how do I then reconnect that? Mm. Because there was the colonization state, then there was um, the effects of colonization there on after. And then we had the generation above us who were beaten and battered for speaking the real. Then there was the, <coughs> the, the urban drift. And then we are the product of the urban drift. Yeah. So that's where the state is. So I had to go back in time to really retrace that. And all we're doing in, in terms of delivering that is really if I can bring those stats down by 2% every year, then I'm yeah. doing my job. Yeah. And as part of the way uh, through educating and, and talking like we are now, uh, or, yeah. or, or I mean, I guess my question is, is it enough to talk or do you have to go deeper and actually, <laughs> you know, if, if you're going to go to the gym, you have to do more than just turn up in the car park. Yep. Yep. There has to be a plan, there has to be a program in place for our people to recognise that the intergenerational trauma that we've inherited over time is like peeling back onion layers. Mm. But we are strong believers that we can heal our upline, we can heal all of that. But we can't heal our downline, we can only pass on what we've inherited. Okay, so just on that point, so it's you going forward with, say, your kids, you can directly influence them? Yep. So you need to put that work in there. And are you saying you can't, so you can't change the past, but you can change the future? Yep, absolutely. But you have to be present mm -hmm. to be able to do that. Um, I can only example myself in front of my children. I can't change what's already inside them. Mm -hmm. That DNA process between me and their mother was uh, written in the stars, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So when they come here, it's like, their destiny is already written for them. Yeah. But their state of their environment is absolutely important for them to be able to see, to feel, to smell, to touch, so that they understand that their cultural values have been implemented them since they were babies. Mm. And we've got really a seven-year opportunity to make a big, powerful difference inside their subconscious mind for right. them to be able to consciously make sound choices for themselves. And once we go down that route, it's, it's almost automatic, like you can foresee their future that their destiny in terms of their cultural practice has already been paved out for them. Mm. And we start by giving them really rich Māori traditional names. Yeah. And once we fuse that with a god or with an atua, then they are connected to the environment, so everything interconnects. And then it's just weaving them themselves, and all we do is we just guide them along. Mm. Instead of suppressing them to say, you think this way, you say this, and you do that, 
because really they're not being themselves. Mm. They're doing what I'm telling them to do. Right. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a big change. Do you think every culture has their own version of this? I mean, um, there must be. I, I guess what I'm asking is, I wonder if it's inbuilt in every human to, you know, if, if you're not being told what to do, <clears throat> if you have, you know, some general love around you, if these things come out. Or, you know, because I spend a lot of time wondering, why, why is this, why are we so different? You know what I mean? We're, we're, and we all are different, mm. you know? It seems to be inbuilt in the human story, eh, that, that we're different. And is that put that way so that we can never get to... Um, <coughs> Oh, you know, like, I know humans get a little bit, uh, we like to settle on an idea and then that's us. We just roll with the punches, you know. But when you see difference everywhere, you can't help but notice that difference. And I, I wonder if it's like, um, I guess what I'm saying, bro, is like, you know, where did you go to learn all of these things? Uh, were they inbuilt in you or did you have to get like a, was it passed on through elders and what's that process for you? It's a pretty magical process. Yeah. Um, because like I said before, we've got, you know, the first seven years of your life are some of the most important um, times in terms of downloading the structure and yep. sub the subconscious mind and emotionally making you sound from there on in that the, the spiritual element and the physical plane takes place. Mm. So in that first seven years, you're almost like gifted to the elders for them to download esoteric knowledge inside of your right. mind so that you know when it's planted inside of there all it's doing is it's fusing all these roots through into the uh, to the platform of where you where you become unconsciously aware that you're actually your behavior patterns are actually formulated for you mm -hmm. and inside of that is it's creating um, such a massive opportunity for each and ind each individual to have access to their infinite potential you know, and that's human power to me. It's like, you know, if you can tap into your powers and you understand the might of your powers and you can use that for good, then, you know, you're going to have a massive impact in the world. And there are tools in around how that is going to be, um, it's going to keep you accountable first and foremost, mm -hmm. you know, because when you, it's, it's not like you can just go out there and, you know, <laughs> whiz your power all over the show and not have any cause of cause and effect of, you know, what you're what you're implementing. But I understand that the features of who we are as human beings is that, yeah, we all are different, bro. And there are, there are cultural differences, there are religious differences, and there are, you know, so many gurus out there that are, you know, opening the minds of people's eyes to say, you know, there's not one hat fits all. Mm. And this is where I feel like your connection with your spirituality or your connection with God or Allah or you or whatever you want to mm. call them is one of the most key important ingredients that people are lacking. Mm. They're waiting to be fed by the hand of the man instead of going and exploring for themselves to understand that they themselves can perform and perfect themselves as just as great as anybody else in this, in this world, mm. in this planet. Your journey is your journey. You know, and, and nobody has the right to come and take that money or take that from beneath you. Yeah. You have the ability to be able to explore that for yourself. Mm. But it's been boxed off and hidden from us about how we explore that. It's been boxed off in an unbelievable way because I'm trying to keep up with what you're saying, but I have the boxes coming up saying, hold on a minute, what does that mean? Mm. Where can I read about that? Mm. Where's the science on that? <laughs> you know? And I feel like there needs to be a bit less of that because clearly the science and stuff isn't all working. Like people are, well, there's a decent amount of people who are deeply unhappy. Mm. Even in this country, teen suicides 
some of the highest in the world. And it's like, we've got all of the latest gadgets and theories and algorithms, but it's not working. And <clears throat> I think a bunch of people are thinking, what the hell do we do about it? And I can only start thinking, well, how did our ancestors, you know, from whatever culture you come from, how, I think they lived as opposed to were just here, passing time, doing work and stuff like that, eh? Yeah, absolutely, bro. And I'm, I'm still a baby in our world, man. I mean, like, there are many tohunga in, in the Māori culture who have way more knowledge than I do. And, right. um, you know, sometimes they're kept so sacred that, you know, they have to be protected in that, in that might. And, you know, when I do come across their their intelligence and I, and I hear their wisdom, you know, it really sparks a, you know, a, I'm, I'm deeply grateful to have access to them because in our world, science is still trying to catch up to us. Yeah. Like with the vast amount of knowledge that people always, I get messages all the time, bro, where can, where can I read about that stuff? Mm. Right, you can't. You can't read about it because it's written in the stars and it's a stargaze map. That's that's our sky. You don't need the technology on the sky at home. When we don't have sky at home. Our sky is outside. We mastermind and read maps from the stargaze and the clusters that are already written out there. They're there every night. The same patterns, just depending on the seasons, they'll, they'll twist and they'll turn and they'll tell a different story so the dimensions change a bit. But they tell a different story but say the same thing. Yeah. And inside of our Māori meeting houses, our carvings, they tell ancient stories of history that goes way back into um, the great migration of how our people came across from uh, the Hawaii Islands and the, the, the beginning place for us. Mm. And all of those stories have been inherited through, through carvings, through oratory, through sound, through music, through chanting. So, you know, our university is really, it's, it's, it's very pure, but you have to understand that in the knowing, um, you have to create stillness for yourself. It's mm-hmm. not in a book where it's where it's just hand-fed to you. Yeah, There's a lot of things happening when you inherit this type of knowledge. Mm. And when you were going through school and being trying to put into a box, what did like uh, was there part of you that was um, getting in that box, or were you always like how you are now? Yeah, bro, I was either screaming or sleeping. Right. Those were the two options that I had when it was. Um, you know, coming at me, just coming to mind straight away in my mm-hmm. history class, I had, uh, you know, the only topic that I really remembered was uh, about Hitler and, and something to do with the kingdom over, or the, the kingi tonga system over in England. Mm. And really, I wasn't really listening to that either because, you know, I, I thought to myself, none of this aligns with who I am or where I'm going. Mm. So why am I even listening to this? <laughs> and the teachers knew it too. They knew that I was different. And so they just let me do what I had to do. And as long as I played good at rugby, they weren't going to give me detention. (laughs) (laughs) And what did you do after school? I tried to do the university thing, bro, and was just epically failed. Just as bad as I did at college. Um, But it wasn't until I found uh, my niche market after I'd finished my rugby career that I went back to my people. Mm. And in that, I was... um, there were many different tohunga and many different mātanga that were calling me back to te Māori. And if there was a give back that I could um, operate in, it was the Māori world. You know, usually as a rugby player, I'd give back to the rugby world. Right. But for me, I was like, there's enough All Blacks here doing that. But where could I give back to our people to uplift them? Because being Māori, bro, is awesome. It's amazing. It really is. And, and the stuff that people see, uh, predominantly Pākehā see, and the bad stats on the TVs and the media, etc., and paint that, that picture, bro, there's none of that where I come from. Mm. You know, it's, it's completely, it completely blows my mind. 
you know, it really does. When I do see those negative stats about our people, because I'm like, shucks, what? I don't know that world, mm. but this is the world I know. So this is the world I'm bringing forth. I'm like, let me present this world because there's going to be more people wanting to be a part of this world yeah. than that world. And so those two worlds you're referencing, one is, uh, is it the Māori who have gone away from the traditional uh, areas? You know what I mean? Because you mentioned something about the city migration or... Urban drift, yeah. Urban drift. And is that what that is? Where yeah, that was the cut-off point. Like mum coming from Raro to New Zealand and you yep. have to give up something to make it in this world. Yeah. That was the ultimate sacrifice for our parents, eh? Right. You know, when they did move into the towns, it was trade training or it was going into a sewing factory or it was all factory work. So we were all known as labourers. You know, same thing happened in World War One, World War Two. We were just known as the, the arse of the army. Mm. You know, go in there and do the do the hard yards. Yeah. Otherwise, if you wanted to fight, then you were going to be the ikafiro, which is the one who goes in and gets killed. Right. So we were already sacrificed right from the start. But, you know, as World War One, World War Two finished and the urban drift happened, we lost quite a bit of our culture in that small gap. Mm. And I, I know that 1907 was the Tohunga Suppression Act where they took away and stripped away all of our practices uh, when it come to you know, supernatural powers or understanding the vast majority of our culture through our spiritual beliefs um, was stripped of us and then given back to us quietly around 1965. But, but that's 60 years of just hidden treasure. So what do you mean? Like they... Uh, Europeans took away, so you couldn't do your practices? Couldn't do any practices. There were not to be any Māori traditional schools. There wasn't to be any um, practice with all of our our masteries. So all of the esoteric knowledge was totally banned from practicing any of our traditional powers or what we would willingly know as telepathic skills Mm. that we do have in our our system. Anything for foresight, anything from seeing the other side, all of that was was banned. You couldn't Mm. practice any of that. There was also the negative side, which is considered to be like black magic, um, all of those sorts of things that still haven't played. And it's still alive in our culture. Wow. People just don't see it. People don't know where it is or or what it even looks like. Mm. So when people do see it, they're like, oh, you know, that's a you're practicing seance or you're practicing whatever the Christian world's got it for it or the religious world's got for it, um, they've got quite a negative system for it. So I would be considered a, a witch or a wizard right. of if, if I was had a stigma about me. Right. And um, for me, it's, it's almost like I'm trying to do as much as I possibly can to uplift our people in the most positive ways mm. and connect them back to the roots of where yeah, they right. were disconnected. That makes total um, sense. And, and, it's, and it's doing a good job for our mm. people and it's really making them see in a different light that these two worlds, they clash. Yeah. They clash like the titans. Is there any, uh, what about say someone like me who, um, you know, growing up in New Zealand, maybe struggling to find a little bit of identity and meaning. Is there some, uh, is there a way I can get some learning? Because it sounds like what you're talking about is would be really awesome to learn uh, and be part of, or is it predominantly just for Māori? Bro, you fellas are the tuakana. You fellas are the elders. Right. You're our elders. We left your fellas' right. islands. Gotcha. So where mum was was raised and brought up, um, we always honour the Pacific nation, mm. you know, because Māori had to go through that Eastern Cape. Gotcha. And when we did, we took a lot of knowledge with us. We took some of the highest priests with us along the journey, but we still do acknowledge that tie, which we call a tātai. A tātai is almost like a connection to the Pacific Rim. And in that we have, um, there are many ancient stories, there were many legends that were interconnected and still now we still are representing one another on a platform um, 
but I think what pe- why people tend to look at the Māori worldview is because we were probably one of the only indigenous cultures throughout the world to formally write a treaty with the crown. Right. And smartly, very smartly. And they, even that, they try to outsmart us on us being smart. <laughs> but, it, but still now, they're struggling with it. That's why they can't sell our assets off. That's why they can't go through any backdoor deals because they, we're standing right there at the front door saying, hey, we're just right here. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Um, and saying that, we you know, we did lose a lot. We did lose a lot, but we still made a big enough noise in, in the impact of today's society that we are still a representative, representation of all indigenous practices. Mm-hmm. And just because we have our own culture here in Aotearoa doesn't mean that you can't connect into it. Yeah. You can absolutely connect into it because you belong to it. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't consider you being a stranger here, right. your home. Yeah. This is your home yeah. because your whakapapa came here too. Mm-hmm. And so our whakapapa came from you. So it's all inter- in- interconnected. Yeah. But it's maybe starting back at the seed of where your ancestry whakapapa yeah. came from. Yeah. When you start there, you'll be led in this map. And the map is all about finding that connection from mm-hmm. ancestor to ancestor. And you will find that in certain ancestors, if you hear stories about them, that you've inherited some of their characteristics. Mm. That's when it gets amazing. Because <laughs> you're like, wow, my great-great-grandfather was this. Mm. Oh, that makes sense because I do this. And when you start making those connections, you're like, man, what I'm doing right now, there's no mistake why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm in here talking with somebody else that is on a level that you understand that they're paving a way and, and, and opening up these portals for people to speak on a forum. Mm. There's not, nothing different from our ancestors back in 1700s talking on a marae yeah. in the Cook Islands, mm. or Rarotonga, I should say, mm. in Rarotonga on a marae disputing and talking about these issues to find resolution for solutions yeah. for the next generation to come. Mm. So this is just a different form. We're just doing it years and years. Girl, you're blowing my mind. That's so- <laughs> No, it's cool because, you know, it all makes total sense and <clears throat> and it's it's confronting. It's confronting. I have spent a lot of my 20s telling myself that the world was how it is mm. and you got to find your place within it. And from what you're saying, there's just so many deeper layers that I wonder if we try and find that stuff through those psychedelic drugs, you know, maybe that's why they're so popular now. I've never tried that stuff, but there's a part of me that wonders if um, if we need help to see past the walls we've created in society, you know. And um, but maybe what I'm picking up from you is, you know, there is that kind of uh, there is that opportunity if you work hard enough at trying to, you know, trace it back and think deeply about the practices and the way people lived that maybe you can, you know, connect on a, I, I don't even know what the right language would be, you know, like a deeper level, like you mentioned portal, you know, and trying to see how, feel it, maybe more than just talk about it, you know, that's a big issue I have at the moment is we're all, it's very formulaic and I want to feel something, mm. you know what I mean? And I wonder if that's why people are, keep emailing you and um, DMing you because they want to feel something too, eh? That's right, bro. I mean, like, I think the the last podcast I'd done, it really did plant seeds, not only in people's minds, but in people's hearts, that what they were feeling was an energy system through a camera that they could resonate with. Mm -hmm. They could resonate with something so powerful that sparks off a a trigger inside them. They're going to want to explore it. 
because it, it excites them. You know, it's like reading a really, really good book. You just don't want to put it down until you get right to the end. Where if you read something that's just mediocre and you're just doing it just because, um, you know, you, you struggle to find the reason why you're doing it. Mm. But when you're tracing ancestry whakapapa and you're hearing stories of the old times and the old people and they're giving baskets of wisdom, they're like dropping bombs all over the show. And you'll mm. see it through, uh, we call them whakatauki or proverbs. And when they drop little bombs like that, you explore inside that. You're like, okay, what did that one line mean to them? Mm. Their perception of it was to do this. Did it do its job? I don't know. What's my perception of it? Mm. Then I look at it and I go, bang, and I blow it up even more. And I'm starting to see all of these visions. You know, and that's the, the human power that we have been taught to suppress. No, you don't think for yourself. We think for you and you just do what you're told. Mm. Like that was weird for me when I went to school. Here's the context of this this book. Read the text. Mm. I'm like, I can't even read English to begin with. Mm. And let alone, I'm just looking at words, just like muddling my brain and it hurt. But when I did this, dropped the book and went like that, I saw this whole different world. Mm. And for me, it was about exploring the potential of what is what's on the other side. Mm. What is on the other side of me thinking here and comparing that to me thinking down there. Yeah. You know, and, and then I look at my Pākehā mates, which I, you know, have so much respect for, but they were going home to their lawyer fathers, yeah. their accountant mothers, yeah. with big mansions and tennis courts and pools. And I was going back to a village on a street where we had murderers, gangsters, mm. uh, jailbreakers, glue sniffers. You know, that was where I grew up, mm. you know, versus going to stay a night at my mate's house. And I'm like, whoa, this is like living in a kingdom. <laughs> you know, and for me now, I'm like, okay, what does the palace look like now for Māori? Mm. How do I build my village and invite my park our mates over for them to go, wow. Right. You know, I think you're already doing that. Yeah, right? absolutely. There's this virtual palace, and mm. it's, it's what you're saying. It's resonating through the story, eh? because I think we're learning the hard way that <clears throat> it doesn't matter how much you have. I mean, it matters how much you have, but you can, as soon as, as, soon as it doesn't mean anything, you just end up unhappy. Yeah, because it always blows my mind that people who have heaps of money are unhappy. I don't get that concept. Mm. But maybe if you, you know, I guess if you add in the fact that if you're not working for it, if it's just given to you, it's too easy, eh? Mm. That's one of those things that I wonder if, you know, connect all of us humans is that we do need a certain amount of tough stuff to, um, you know, even if it's working the land or doing something physical. Is it, um, what... What's the idea you you have around like physical side too? You know, we've spoken a bit about the kind of mental aspects of culture. Um, do those go hand in hand, physical and mental? Yeah, they absolutely do. And there's there's another two part series to that where you've got the spiritual and emotional. Right. Like the the whole you know thing about being healthy is not just about physical. Mm. You know, like most people will go like, I need to go to the gym and look ripped and look buff but that's quite an ego way to look at yourself. Mm. If you look deeper at that person, you'll see a whole lot of things that are going wrong with that person, both mentally, emotionally, spiritually. There's a whole trigger of things. So for me, I like to put them all in order like they are rows of my garden. Mm. And if I am not tapping into every single one of them on a daily basis, it's 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 almost like a sinking ship. You know, your your horse starts to go, you know, dip down and and it gets too heavy on one side, something's going to give, you know, so it's almost about carrying that same 
amount of energy in every single part of those rows so that mm. you know the the give back for yourself is going to be um, just as abundant as the physical uh, contributions that you put in you're going to get out you do the same on a spiritual practice emotional level you're going to do it on a mental level mm. but we all have you know energy systems that are working and operating internally and if we get those rights externally we're going to feel the benefits and reap those rewards yeah but if it's all about just the you know the the, the muscle tone of what you mm. carry so you can get a couple of looks from the sheilas down the road <laughs> you know it's um i mean those are great don't get me wrong but you know at the same time you know most people can start to see through you mm. you know they see through all of that stuff once they have a conversation with you it's like okay you know you've got a beautiful body or you physically look well but yeah. you just don't have a bloody intellectual conversation in yeah. your in your in your brain so mm. It's, a, it's like a holistic level eh, of being able to contribute to, you know, your whole well-being. Yeah. Well, and I'm constantly listening to you and trying to, like, translate it into a way that, you know, my Western brain can understand it, you know. And I, I, I don't know if I'm someone like that, but when when someone says to me, you know, to have good mental health, you have to think about it like a gym. You don't go to the gym and just start lifting heavy weights because mm. you'll injure yourself. Mm. And then my mind starts thinking, well, maybe that's what you know, like a psychotic break is, it's a, it's a brain injury and we either haven't healed it properly or something like that. So I guess when I'm listening to you, I'm just trying to think what can, what can that, um, that other side of me, which isn't quite articulate in culture and is quite, you know, science driven, because I, I can feel it. And then as soon as I start to try and translate it in my head, I lose it again. Mm. And I'm wondering, you know, what are some general things that you might be able to offer myself and, and people watching who don't come from a strong, like, I, I don't say it disrespectfully, but I didn't have the elders sharing with me. Mm. I was around them. So I have love from them. Right. Mm, mm. And this amazing kind of memories of, you know, eating with hands and, mm. and being with people and, 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 and just having that, you know, intense love from both cultures, but I don't really have a roadmap of where to go now. And and um, I wonder what you would say to someone who's wanting to find a bit more meaning in their life, and, and what can they do kind of today? It's really just asking the question of what do you want? Because mm. really, if you can sit inside that and you can manifest and contemplate that, that is putting stillness aside for uh, aside for yourself so you might practice that every day for five minutes mm. and just be still and contemplate what do i want no noise just absolute silence wow so that you become present with yourself and you'll find that the answers will just start dropping yeah yeah and once you do that then you need to articulate what that looks like mm. okay i want this right now what does that look like how do i articulate that in one sentence well it give me three strong powerful words that represent that mm. now then how do i practice that because it's in the application of it that you're going to attract it. It's not just really in the thought process of it. And I use this uh, this quote um, that knowledge isn't p power. It's only potential power. Mm. But applied knowledge, that is power. Like for me, when you can see somebody applying their knowledge mm. and they're doing something with their lives, you know, to me that is someone I want to gravitate towards as opposed to somebody that's just talking like, Blah, 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 and no action behind it. Yeah. Very hard for me to be convinced that, you know, I, I should follow you. Mm. You know, I should be, I should be really look, looking at you as an example of where I want to be. So really it is about, you know, just spending time with yourself. Yeah. But, you know, no kids, no work, no music, no nothing, just straight silence. Yeah. I mean, like if you do need that flavor of a little bit of music playing in the background mm. just to ignite all of the fires within you so that you can get in the zone mm. to think about that one. 
And from there, it's, it'll almost direct you to the next stop. So let's just take that by yourself. For many, that freaks people out, eh? Because we are trying to never be alone. That's right. That's we right. want to have someone with us virtually, physically. Even the fact if you say, like I'm running through it in my mind, what do I say to my wife? Hey, I just want to be alone for five minutes. Mm. She'll be like, what's wrong? What mm. I do? <laughs> are we cool? <laughs> and it's like, yes, but I want to give myself permission to ask, what do I want? Yeah. Why are you asking yourself that? I thought we're on a mission altogether. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to, um, in real time, make sure that, because I want to bring everyone along. Mm. I want to bring everyone along and not say, I can't do that. Mm. I don't have a partner who lets me have time alone or I don't like time alone because of these different things. But it might be something like, um, you know, even if you just go for a walk, eh? Because it looks like you're just walking, but you can be alone too, eh? Yep, and and th- and for that there is um, there's pros and cons with that as well, right? Uh, you know, one that you're actively moving, so everything else is moving too. Gotcha. So you're not still. Gotcha. So there's no breath work that coincides with yep. the way that you need to open up. Again, I'm going to mm. use that word, the portals, mm. for you to see what you need to see. Okay. So in the Western context, then, uh, um, so there's no excuses. You could go for a walk to your local park and find a chair that normal people sit in so it doesn't feel strange to you. Mm. That could be a way to kind of get around. Like, because, you know, I'm trying to think, well, where would I go that's alone? You know, how would I, it's not, I don't have, I haven't really done that before. Mm. So then I start thinking of practical ways and it doesn't look weird to go for a walk. When I say weird, under this umbrella of whatever we live in, Mm. you know, before we can get strong enough. Because my fear is that it gets a little bit into that space of, Oh, you know, I'm a bit freaked out by that and I don't want to go there. I'd rather, you know, the devil we know. Mm. And I'm, I personally, I think that's a bad system, mm-hmm. you know, because you're just going to isolate yourself more and pick stupid ideas. And like the whole point of me doing this podcast is to like get good ideas, mm. practical ways that mm. we can, that you don't need a philosophical degree to talk philosophically. Yeah, that's know? right. It's just got to be simpler than that. So, so get yourself alone, mm. and then is it just simply ask yourself what What do you want? Be really direct with yourself. Mm. Be really direct. Like really ask yourself. And most times, if you get out of here and go down to here, it'll it'll start to work in a form of harmony. Mm. So with your like, cool, that excites me. Now, how do I feel about that? Well, I feel excited about that. Yeah. If I can go, here's a vision. I feel excited. Let's put those together, and you'll find that they come into you know, the, the, the word that we use is form of wairua, you know, and people say, you know, what is wairua? And it's hard to explain. Well, it's when the intuitive waters come together. There are two waters. Wai is water, two means, mm. uh, rua means two. Right. So when those two waters meet from the mind and the heart, you've created a water flow effect. Right. At the moment, so many waterfalls are kinked that there's hardly any water coming out. Mm. You know, then you've got to go back into your brain and go, no, I've got to work back in the system. Mm. Go and do what the man says because, mm. you know, that's how I'm going to make my bread and butter, etc. But if you open up yourself and you're going, cool, I have, there's a purpose and a reason why I'm here. Yeah. What is that? If I can resonate with what my mind is visualizing versus what my heart is singing for, then I'm going to have a cause and effect with the intuitive waters that are going to guide me into the right direction mm-hmm. so that I can be the best version of myself, really. Yeah. And I'll, I'll attract the right people. I'll attract the right people. I mean, I started this, what, 10 years ago, and I've only put it out now for the last two years, my concept. 
And I come into, I've, I've come into contact with so many like-minded people. Now I'm sitting here with you and we're now putting this platform out into the forum yeah. where other people are gonna be like, yes, I, I can resonate with that. Yeah. I'm about that, but I don't know how to do it. Mm. Yeah, so it's simple term is, is you know, the mental well-being and allowing ourselves to emotionally be in tune with ourselves by looking into it. It's, it's about finding stillness for yourself. Now sometimes we might have to take a few steps backwards because there can be shadows lurking in the dark. And what I mean by the shadows, there are things that we are not really completely honest about ourselves and not accepting ourselves for who we are. And those are certain behaviors that lie inside the subconscious mind. When you do sit with yourself, they'll trigger like submarines and be like, boom, remember this? And then you've got to go deal with it. Right. Yes. So in order to go forward, sometimes you'll have to go back and go, cool, I need to get rid of the submarine because it's a nasty one sitting in my subconscious state of mind. I need to now go then to where the source and the seed of where that was planted and cause an effect of how many people I have interrupted during that process right. to then clear it out of my system so that I can move forward to my purpose. So your mind's waiting for you to be alone so it can just start popping stuff in. Yeah. And you're saying you got to kind of, <clears throat> if you just can't ask yourself that question because other things keep popping in, part of dealing with it is dealing with it you gotta and and is that sometimes like physical it can be physical it can be physically taxing on you but that's because it has uh mental breakdowns where you are so disconnected with yourself Mm. and that's why so many people get depressed because they can't articulate why they're feeling the way they're feeling Mm. and they don't even want to look in it Mm. They don't want to look there. They don't want to understand it. It's just like, let's sweep that under the carpet <laughs> and try and move on to where the light is. Mm. But yes, right, that shadow is just going to come popping up everywhere. So unless you, I mean, like, it's like moving houses. I don't want to move in this house again, live in this house. I want to move to another house and have a, have a better start. You're just going to pack that same shit up and put it in the next house. Yeah. Same as a relationship. Mm-hmm. You're just going to put the same stuff up from that relationship and take it out. Unless you're willing to deal with it yourself and own it and accept it, you'll find the absolute understanding of your truth. You absolutely will, but people are too afraid to go in there, like you said. Mm. But sometimes it's, you know, you have to build a, a core circle of influence that is going to help support you, like your wives, yeah. like your children, because yeah. they have to bring you back into a neutral form or into a neutral space. Yeah. And these are these sort of uh, transitions that we are not really clear about or we're not articulating. For us, we have to go into a sacred space to deal with that. Yeah. Can't be just at the dinner table when we're talking mm. now. I mean, there's a shadow on to deal with it now. Yeah. yeah, You have to go away to a sacred space and be and always use that same space to go and deal with whatever you need to deal with or to create whatever you need to create or imagine what you, whatever you need to imagine. Yeah. Then come back into your neutral space where your family have an understanding. Cool, dad's been through this or hubby's been through this or wifey's been through that. Cool, bring them back into the neutral form, contact, spend time, mm. communicate again. And then there's the other side where you have to go and do your job. Go and put things into action. Yeah. So there's almost like a three-course meal that's going on mm. inside your energy system mm. to allow ourselves to be able to deal with what we need to deal with and then move forward. And as part of the movement, you helping people on this journey? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's what Māori movement really is. Mm. It's, it's, it's all about it. It is healing people from the inside out. Mm. Yeah, and it's and it's without saying that. You know, um, and we use all of the systems. We educate people on what it is so we don't leave them empty handed by the time I finish the workshops. You can apply those tools immediately. Mm. Immediately. There is nothing inside any of my retreats, workshops, wananga you want to call them, that you cannot use effective immediately. So that's why people are sort of clinging on to it, go off, apply it, cool, yeah. then they go and explore. Cool, mm. I found this awesome. Is this what you thought you would do? 
nah, I've really created this just for movement and physical base because, you know, like having a health and fitness background, I thought, you know, what's a cool concept that we mm. can come up with? And I, I, I wasn't getting in discussions with uh, Yo, uh, Zumba. Mm. Like even Zumba, I was talking to the guy who created it, the head of marketing, because they wanted to do a joint fusion. True. And I was like, nah, that doesn't work. Mm. Your culture is your culture and you're doing what you're doing. Mm. But this is here. This is There's something different going on here. But for me to put it as a commercial state, I thought to myself, you know, I love business. Mm. And to me to put it on a commercial stage, I first have to go back to my own people. If my own people can find um, access through tapping into the infinite potential on that side, then we're growing the market through a Māori lens and a Māori worldview. And then that can go through and transfer to the world. So Mm. there is a strategy in terms of, you know, a long-term investment in terms of doing the hard yards here building it into a concept where it can then become a global movement. Um, I feel that we are going to heal a lot of people which will ultimately heal the land. If we can heal the land, then we're going to save a whole generation because at the moment, our tohunga, all of our high priests have noted that the world is sick at the moment. Mm. Very sick and it's very out of balance. But there are programs like this that can help heal people so people can heal the land on a global scale, not Mm. just here in Aotearoa. As long as Aotearoa is alive, the world's going to survive. Yeah. Now, that's a given fact because we hold the sustenance and the essence of all of our gods mm-hmm. and we acknowledge them and honour them in that certain way. Very protective of it. Yeah. But if you go overseas, you know, just across a ditch, you'll see in their waterways is just polluted, smashed. Environments are just getting developed after oil drugs and oil this and mm-hmm. fracking and everything. It's like it's getting a hiding. Yeah. So we have to now then go back and then bring balance to it do you feel pressure to um maybe pressure is the wrong word do you feel the obligation to be educating the so-called you know uh lawmakers yep i think then some of them are just now starting to wake up to it Mm. and that will be driven by just this constant the sickness eh? yeah it has absolutely like they've got to look more holistically than just you know zeros and ones yeah, I mean, like, you know, when you look at the, the business world, everything's is about, it's about numbers. Mm. You know, they get their numbers right. They don't really give a shit about what happens in between <laughs> yeah. the zero and the, the, mm. the target that they're after. And the cause and effect of that, obviously, is that, you know, the, either something's going to give. And as long as they hit their target, you know, they'll, they'll sweep everything else under the carpet. But I think now that, um, you know, say we have a party in our government that are now looking at the stats of uh, mental wellness or mental, mental health, mm-hmm. and, and they're pumping a shitload of money into it, you know, mm-hmm. just to really get these providers on the ground to help our people. Mm-hmm. Well, you look at the budget in hand, if they've, if they've been allocated, you know, millions of dollars, half of that's going to go to back-end work. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all the researchers, et cetera, et cetera, where you've got programs like us yeah. that are on the ground, that mm-hmm. are being active, that are in front of people, that are changing lives, that are implementing values inside of families, that put, put that on top of their kids. Mm-hmm. They go to school and the same thing happens. So it's this big energy system that is being developed at the moment and it's, it's on the ground and it's running. You know, we're quite self-efficient um, in terms of being really, really clear about what, what our motives are. Yeah. And um, people are now starting to turn their heads about, we need to go to programs like this to be able to implement this into a communal not just a little private sort of sector that's going on, but a communal level. Mm. And I think that the heads and the decision makers are now starting to look at, you know, what's actually happening on the ground because yeah. of these poor stat health, because of the suicide rates, because of um, the sicknesses through cancers. You know, there's, there's a bigger picture stuff that's happening behind the scene mm. in terms of that development. Um, is it tough 
to be someone who's brave enough to look into statistics and to really because you know there's a lot of things like our Netflix and all of that stuff that mean you don't have to really look mm. you can just glance your eyes over that way and mm. watch your TV shows and fart around doing what we do every day um, I often think about the people who I interview who you know look at bad news or look at the reasons behind things and, and I, I wonder what does that lead you know do you have a way to cache it out of your mind or is it holding it in there and using that as your fire yeah well you, have, you obviously have to know your pains in order to find the accolades of where your pleasures are mm. and you know for us it was it was put in front of us because we don't watch the news at home so we don't have any bad um uh, information coming through our box mm. all it is is you know we have control over netflix mm. and we decide to what uh, watch what is going to be more effective in terms of entertaining our yeah. eyes and our ears yeah. these are really the portals to the mm. subconscious mind mm. eh? when they're consuming information they're actually planting seeds when you become emotional in times of the, uh, in tune with that, that's going to have a cause and effect of how you're going to consciously behave. Yeah. And so we canned out uh, anything to do with the news. We don't watch the news. We don't listen to the radio. You know, we would rather listen to a good podcast right. and listen to that over and over and over. Something mm. that we do resonate with. We read um, books that resonate with us and our mm. family. Yeah. And in, in, inside the core values of what that is starting to um, nurture, we are cultivating great minds, brilliant minds. Mm. And for me, it's like, I've got two young sons, what's gonna be the best sort of avenue for them to be able to enhance their mind power mm. so that they become you know, whatever they choose to be, but have a brilliant mind about it. Mm. And so, you know, we eliminated all of those, those accesses, but you know, not to say that they're not out there, because you just push one button on the internet and you're just gonna get information just like that. Yeah. And so it's, you know, looking at something that I am very passionate about, but what are the pains of that? so that I can understand how do I then transition that pain into a pleasure. And it's because I've got a direct affiliation, I've got a connection with that. Mm. And if I have a connection with that, I'm gonna to wanna to do something about it. Yeah. Which means I am walking on the shoulders of my ancestors so I know that I am covered. I know that I am fully covered because my connection to my papa says that I am. Yeah. The destination that they are pushing me towards, they believe in me mm. and that's all I need. I don't need anybody else to believe in me, but my ancestors know that I am I'm doing something good for my people. Mm. I'm doing something good for the world. And that's just gonna keep me engaged. Yeah. But it does get tough. <laughs> no, it does get tough. You know, sometimes I, I sleep for two days after a workshop because that, that's just drained me. Yeah. You know, you think about that, you've got 50 people in a room and are just mm. drawing from you. You need it. And Thank you're just you. like, rah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, uh, I like this chat, man, because I've only understood parts of it, you know, and I think that's the beauty of when you hear things and concepts that uh, maybe you don't hear often. It challenges my mind, mm. you know, and that's what I want. That's what I want. That's my way of contributing is um, to have all of these different ideas, you know, and we talked on the lift on the way up, you know, like some people believe, others don't, and I, I'm, I'm trying to find that middle ground, mm. that... I believe there's breadcrumbs for everyone, mm -hmm. but you got to have some general start places. That's why I love what you said about, you know, be alone with yourself. Even that, there's so many more things going on than just being alone. Mm. There's not being with others. There's not having influence. There's your mind throwing in things that you, your subconscious that you need to work on. Mm. 
You're just not going to get it if you don't be alone. So you don't need to believe in anything to be alone. That's right. And then who knows? It will pop in and you can work on that. And, um, you know, the interesting thing about belief is it's the one thing that, um, I mean, we all believe in something. Mm. And uh, I often think, well, what does it actually mean to believe? Like when you talk about your ancestors, uh, um, you know, it. I guess you're speaking metaphorically, but uh, the idea is that they, um, you know, when you say you're connected to them, it's just, you you literally are, right? You're connected to them with DNA, with memories, with stories. And for someone who maybe doesn't want to go further down that road of believing in, you know, let's say the mystical or something like that, is, is that enough? Or do we need to believe um you know, inner God, I guess, is what I'm asking. Mm. Because it's, a, you know what I mean? Like, it is tricky, bro. I mean, yeah. like, you know, the, and, and I come across this concept all of the time, especially when people that enter into my retreats or workshops and they've been brought up in a religious space yeah. from, from, yeah, and it really challenges them. Yeah. It really does. And they, they find, um, you know, really uh, cringing moments for themselves when they're just like, oh, they're, they're conflicted. Mm. Mm. And, I always say to them, there's nothing wrong with you believing in what you believe in. It's completely up to you. Mm. That's your guided process of how you operate. Well, that's how you've been programmed. That's what needs to be fed to you in order for you to have or hold faith in yourself. Mm. We're on a spiritual realm. It's almost like the, um, the world in itself is is circulating around you and you're in tune with whatever makes you feel, yeah. you know, feel aligned with. And belief to me is almost like it's just holding that faith within yourself because when you believe in something, that's half the job done. Mm. The rest is on the exploration side mm. and the work. Mm. You've got to then put in the work and then there's your cup full. Yeah. But believing in something is when you don't have any belief whatsoever that you feel empty. Yeah. And sometimes you need to go there. Sometimes you need to go there and absolutely go there to then recognize what you need to be grateful for. Mm. Because gratitude is going to guide you in the right ways. Gratitude is going to be that significant tool for you to inherit what you need to inherit. Because if I'm grateful for wearing these clothes, imagine the guy down in, in Auckland City who's got no clothes on mm. and he's suffering in freezing conditions. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting here being ungrateful because I've got clothes on. Mm. You know, if I, if I don't have Gucci clothes, because that's the stigma of where the world's going. Yeah. You know, to me, I, I, I cringe sometimes at the fashion industry because this perception of what you need to be and how to be successful mm. is, is all about the accolades of what you have, not who you are. Yeah. You know, for me, it's about you know, being connected with who you are by having belief in yourself. And that system might be guided by religious beliefs, spiritual beliefs, customary beliefs, cultural beliefs. You know, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day yeah. because you're always going to find the answers within yourself. That's the key, eh? It has to be... Because, you know, that's the conflict too, is that when it becomes about yourself, people say things like, oh, you're just self-absorbed. And I have a lot of people who say, you know, you can't look after others if you don't look after yourself. <laughs> and so it really does come back to you. And you might just need to push that alone time in, hey? Or you're absolutely right, man. Mm -hmm. I just lost one of my good mates who's like 40. Heart attack just died the other night. Mm -hmm. So I went to his funeral service last night. He was given, you know, warning signs, but obviously somewhere along the line, there was a little bit of lack of self-care along the way, mm. or just 
damn right unlucky or his calling was to go whatever the reasons are and whoever has those answers are up to them but there's no need to be dying that young yeah. from ill health mm. and ill health is a very conscious thing if you are consciously aware of looking after yourself on those planes that i've already described there's no excuse why we can't live to the 80s and pass on those pearls of wisdom to the to the second or third generation coming after you mm. there's no reason why and it's some of the greatest accolades in life when you can do that put yourself on a platform where you are sitting in your kaumatuatanga or you're an, as an elder feeding this wisdom into the next generation yeah. it's going to enhance the power of the world mm. you know for me it's a very um it's a, it's a very simple application that we just yeah. tend to fail at the moment mm. wow i'm gonna have to go back and listen to this podcast because i'm like watching you <laughs> far out think of, <laughs> think of your next question um the final question I ask every guest, and I wonder if you, you know, you could take a moment to have a think. I asked them if there's a moment that blew your mind, that like a life-changing moment that you're okay to share. And I guess I ask this because I, I try and encourage myself to think of those moments that, you know, you were one person one day and something happened and you couldn't see the world the same way. Do you have like a moment like that? Like a, a mind-blowing moment? Yeah, I, I, I recall it for me from, um, you know, one of my greatest mentors. His name was Dr. Well, the late Dr. Ngāpōwehi. Um, and he shape-shifted so many different lives through the world of Māori performing arts, known as kapahaka. And his platform was the stage. And he was ruthless very, very ruthless about his concepts, but the belief that he instilled in every single one of us was bring in your mountains, your rivers, your marae, your tribes, your ancestors, your people, and you will never be lost. Mm. And by that stage, I didn't know all my mountains, my rivers, my marae, my sub-tribes, my hapu, my people. I knew maybe one or two. So I went in and I dug all of them out. Wow. And I just almost felt like I was the embodiment or the river mouth of all of these landscapes, all of my ancestors, and it became such a, a huge networking global process uh, built into my neurological system that the imprint is all inside me. Mm. That on this physical plane, I need to keep this physical plane well so that I can carry on the traditions of what wow. a great man then empowered me and blew my mind away with. <laughs> but all he did was he just opened the door. I had to walk through it. Mm. What were, what, what did you say again? The, your, your, mount your mountains, your rivers, your marae, your ancestors, your people. And that's cross-cultural. Anyone could go do that tomorrow. Anyone could go do that tomorrow. And if you're stuck, start there, then you will know your story, right? Oh, gosh. Why don't I know mine? <laughs> Brother, thank you so much for me. coming on the podcast. Uh, where can people follow you if they want to, um, you know, come and um, book into one of your um, workshops or follow you on social media? Yep, I've got a couple uh, coming up next month. I'm going to be in Manawatu region um, on the 3rd and 4th of August. And I'm also going to be in Ahuriri Napier, Hawke's Bay area on the 22nd, 23rd of August. Uh, there's an eight-week program starting under a couple of my practitioners in the Gold Coast. Wow. Um, so there's a masterclass program happening over there. Um, and then we are looking over in Hawaii as well. 
um, but we've just had a call out for all over New Zealand. So, you know, right? it's, it's going to be busy times ahead. But if you need to go to um, anything, go to our Facebook page on at Māori Movement. Otherwise, we are updating our website at the moment to have a whole list of different retreats that we're going to be hosting uh, around Aotearoa, Australia and the globe, um, www.māorimovement.com. Cool, brother. Thank you so much. Ami.